This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Running the option on first down. Hagan has it. He has Rome. He's got one man to beat. Now he pitches to Flanagan, and he may take it all the way. Flanagan's in for the touchdown. McKinley right from the logo. Got it. Oh, McKinley right. Welcome into the BSN Buffs podcast presented by Canyon Bakehouse. As always, I'm your host, Henry Chisholm. And before we jump into the show, I want to tell you about the delicious certified gluten-free breads, bagels, English muffins, and other baked goods that are made right here in Johnstown, Colorado. Canyon Bakehouse's gluten, dairy, nut, and soy-free products make it easy for families to enjoy the taste and texture of fresh bread so that everyone can love bread again. Find them at any major grocery store in the freezer or fresh bread aisle, or purchase online and visit canyonglutenfree.com to grab a coupon. All right, guys. Uh, It's kind of tough to just move past what happened on Saturday. That game was incredible. Um, we've, We've talked about that a lot. I think I've used the word incredible a lot. It's kind of turning into the new interesting. But... It really was, and that's something that is really tough to just brush off and move on from because, I mean, there's a good chance that that's the best football game any of us will see, or at least the best Buffs game for, what, three, four years even? Stuff like that just doesn't happen all that often. I mean, first overtime game in Folsom since like 2014, 2013, something like that. It was wild, but there is another football game in five days. Yeah, five days, which is just right around the corner, and it's going to be a challenge moving past what just happened Saturday and moving on to Air Force, who the Buffs play Saturday, and I don't think Air Force is really getting the respect they deserve. I'm working on a film room actually right now that I'm really excited about. I'm hoping to get it out tonight, Monday night, but more likely it's going to be coming out sometime tomorrow Um, because I've been researching the Flexbone offense that Air Force runs with the play action, or not the play action, the triple option with some play action there that usually works because I nerd out about this kind of stuff and the Flexbone is basically the greatest offense ever created. Um, we're going to dig into that later just because it is so much fun to talk about 
this concept. But before we really get into the nitty gritty of what Air Force tries to do on offense and what the challenge will be for the Buffs, I want to talk about just in general how difficult it will be for Colorado to come back from playing a team like Nebraska to playing a team like Air Force. And I actually wrote a column about this this morning uh, and published it. So if you haven't had a chance to read it, jump on bsndenver.com. I think it, I don't know. I, I had a lot of fun writing it. I had a lot of thoughts about Colorado, Nebraska, Air Force. And I really think that this Saturday's game is going to be more telling about this Buffs team than last Saturday's was. Because even though it's such a huge win beating Nebraska, coming out and beating a team that is just trying to grind you down for fourth four quarters is going to be tougher in some ways than beating a team that, you know, they came out hot, they showed what they are at their peak, and then they didn't do much for the second half of that game. They really couldn't move the ball. They just kind of fell apart. And that's what Nebraska is, is this up and down streaky team. Whereas Air Force, what you see in, on the very first play of the game is the same as what you see at the end of the first quarter, the middle of the second quarter, last play of the second quarter, all the way through the end of the game into overtime. They are the exact same team on every snap. And odds are they're actually going to be running the exact same play because they, I mean, three, four plays make up 90% of their playbook. It's a different, different game than Nebraska is. And Colorado needs to be ready to be steady and make this not a momentum game because they can't really forget to play defense or forget about their assignments uh, for for one play even. Otherwise, that play is going to be a touchdown. That's how the Air Force offense works. It's going to be a lot of fun, and it's going to be a mental challenge as much or much more than it is a physical challenge for Colorado this Saturday. You know, a team like Air Force, I honestly believe that their offense has as good a chance of putting up points on, you know, Colorado State, a Mountain West rival, as it does a team like Auburn and the SEC, just because they really know how to take the physical aspects of that game and get rid of them and turn it all into this little chess match to make the defense, make every player on the defense make the right decision on every play. Because if they don't, then that's going to go for at least big yards and probably a touchdown. That's what the point of that entire offense is. And we'll dig into the details later, but that's a different challenge. That's a much different challenge than saying, keep Martinez in the pocket, cover downfield, and maybe he finds guys, maybe he comes out cold, maybe he makes good decisions, maybe he makes bad decisions. You don't have any of those outside factors on Saturday. It is every single snap. This Buffs defense needs to be 100% focused. Otherwise, they're going to be giving up points. It's going to be a lot of fun to see uh, for me personally as a football fan, because that, I mean, the triple option offense, it's its one of the coolest things in football, in college football, and it's dying, and you don't get many opportunities to see it. You know, last year, uh, when I was up in Montana covering the Grizzlies, they played Cal Poly, a big sky rival, and Cal Poly, like Air Force, runs the triple option offense. It was a blast talking to Bobby Houck about that offense, the Grizz coach. 
he, you know, he said it's a challenge because this is the greatest offense ever created. And so I asked him, why don't you run it then? And he said, because there are only a handful of people on earth who know how it works and I'm not one of them. You know, that's what this is. It's this almost archaic offense, something that used to be commonplace 50 years ago that's just kind of disappeared and it's has kind of died in front of our eyes. It's just fading away. To see a team like Air Force who runs it as well as anybody, you, they, they might be like your your trademark triple option offense at this point with the way that it has kind of died. I am so excited to see it because watching Cal Poly run, it's fun and they run it well and they follow the same concepts, but just like everything between the FCS and the FBS, watching Air Force do it's a step up. And for football fans, this week really is going to be a treat. You just have to hope that the buffs have put last week behind them. They've really started to really started to buckle down and understand that they can't make the mistakes that they made last week. You know, you saw them leave a guy uh, running wide open downfield, and I think it was Aaron Maddox who almost had a chance to tackle him at the goal line. That deep passing play, was that to go up 7 nothing? maybe? I think it was 7 nothing uh, for Nebraska. If you're blowing coverages against that, you're going to be blowing way more coverages against this triple option offense. They challenge you mentally, and it's it's going to be a blast. You know, the, the reason that these schools run the triple option offense, and I hope, you know, this is all stuff that, you know, football nerds, all of you will know. Uh, half football nerds, you guys might even know. And so I'm just going to go through all of the different concepts here, and hopefully most of this is new to most of you. Uh, if not, it's a cool refresher because, you know, Nebraska week was fun. Air Force week can be just as fun if we make it fun. So let's kind of start to dive in. The triple option offense, it's run by schools who are at a disadvantage in recruiting for whatever reason. Um, most commonly, you see it at the military schools. You also see it like Cal Poly. You need to have incredible grades to get in. Uh, Georgia Tech, the same thing. Georgia Tech is moving away from the triple option, but they traditionally ran that offense. And the reason you do that is because you aren't getting the best athletes, either because the best athletes often can't meet the uh, testing requirements or the GPA requirements to get into the school, or because you're a military school and most most co uh, college football recruits don't want to sign up to go into the military after they graduate. So those are your disadvantages. So to mitigate those disadvantages, you decide we aren't trying to line up and be more physical than the other team. We are just going to outsmart them and wait for them to make mistakes. That's what the triple option offense is. Um, you're asking for discipline. And you'll hear a lot because of that because of the recruiting issues these schools have, that they are at a talent disadvantage. That's a common phrase. And you're going to hear it a lot this week because people will say, you know, the Buffs are much more talented than this Air Force team, so they should win. You know, this is a trap game because they have a talent advantage. That's not true. I don't think this is a trap game. 
I think that this is a legitimate real football game because Air Force can be that good. Because even though these aren't the most versatile athletes, they recruit guys who are good at what they need them to do. When what they need them to do is very specialized. So they find guys who are good at whatever one skill you need a person at that position to be good at. So the offensive line, they're smaller guys. They're very athletic guys because most of the time what they're trying to do is get to the second level and throw a cut block. So they recruit the best guys they can possibly find who are good at getting downfield and throwing a cut block. They aren't worried about some of the other stuff that uh, a lot of other schools who are recruiting are, you know, pass protection, just because they don't pass the ball all that much. And so when you're looking for these very specialized recruits, you can find guys who are very, very good at that one thing, but the flaw that a lot of other schools see is something that you aren't even worried about anyway. You know, when you're looking at the uh, fullback, you want it to be a guy who can just run straight ahead and pick up four yards because he's tough to bring down. You don't need him to have much wiggle. You don't need him to be able to catch the ball. You don't need him to be able to block too much. You don't need all these different things. You just want big, and you want the ability to run a couple guys over. That's it. Nothing else at all. And that's different than what a lot of schools are looking for right now. A lot of, uh, not just college football teams, but also professional football teams are looking for versatility. Guys who can fit a bunch of different roles. Guys like Katie Nixon or LaVisca Chenault, who you can move around and have them do all these different things. That's not Air Force. Air, Fo Air Force wants one thing. You know, if you look at the Patriots, they want a guy like James White at their as their running back because he's a guy you put in the backfield and he's a mismatch against linebackers. He can get open and contribute in the passing game. Can he run down hill and slam himself into a packed box? Not all that well, but they're respecting the pass enough that it will open up that ability for him just a little bit. He he, You can flex him out in the slot. You can ask him to do some inside zone type stuff. He has all these different skills so that the offense can stay unpredictable. Air Force just says, no, we are pre predictable and we like it that way because you can't stop us even if we are predictable because we have guys who can do exactly what we need them to be able to do. Is Air Force's slot back or are their slot backs going to be as talented in your classic definition of that word uh, as Katie Nixon or Dimitri Stanley? No, but when you put them uh, in the slot back position, have them run back behind the quarterback catch a pitch and run downhill fast. Like that's something they can do. That's all they have to be able to do. And they're guys who are very good at that one specific skill. So saying that this team isn't as talented as the buffs, it's, it's kind of just wrong because they aren't looking for talent in the same way that all these other sc schools are. They're looking for talent doing one specific job and that's it because they don't care if they can do anything else because they aren't asking them to do anything else. And I think that that's the most important takeaway as we move into these couple of different plays that uh, Air Force runs is to understand that this is not a trap game. This is a very competitive matchup between teams who do very different things. And when we come back, I'm going to kind of dig into what these things that Air Force does what they are.
and how they work and how they stress your defense. And this whole thing is kind of just going to be a plug for the film room because I'm excited to get into it. And hopefully, like I said, that's up tonight. More likely it's out Tuesday. It just kind of depends on how long it takes to find the clips that I need to show you guys exactly what I'm talking about. Uh, it's time now to take a second and acknowledge Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of BSN Denver. Breckenridge is the original Colorado beer established in 1990 in Breckenridge, Colorado. You've probably heard of their delicious vanilla porter, their oatmeal stout, and most people's personal favorite, the world-famous Avalanche, which is their classic American amber ale. But they just released a new beer called Strawberry Sky that you guys are going to love. You know, I'm recording this one from my uh, apartment today, and... The fridge is always stocked with Breckenridge beers. I've turned it into like a habit whenever we run roll or run low, just running out and grabbing like the sampler they have. I think it's like a 15 pack sampler. It's like three, uh, three of five different beers. So like five options, three cans of each. And then they don't have the Colorado core strawberry sky in those. So I just get a six pack of each of those. Cause those are my two favorites. And so it ends up being a lot of beer but, you know, I'm 22, and I go through quite a bit of beer at this point in my life. Uh, seriously, when I heard we were partnering with Breckenridge Brewery, I was like, oh, okay, cool, beer, I'm down with beer. But, uh, but once I tried it, it's actually really good beer, and it's about all I drink now just because it is so good. And we're supporting people who started just like us, people who wanted to to make something in Colorado and then grow it from there. And it's just such a cool thing to be a part of because we have partnered with them. Um, keep an eye out on the Breckenridge event calendar. I think we're going to start throwing some more stuff up there. Uh, it's on bsndenver.com. It'll let you know where we will be drinking a lot of Breck beers and why, whether it's because of a Nuggets game or a Broncos game. Uh, it's a blast. So come hang out with us, drink some Breck beers. They're so good. Hey guys, it's Allie and Lindsay here. And we want to talk to you about our new favorite wine subscription. It is Winester. The best thing about Winester is that they work with small wineries. You know BSN loves supporting small local businesses, and Weinster is just that, supporting real people making real wine. These guys will curate a hand-picked shipment for you from the best small wine producers in the U.S. So my favorite part about Weinster is the fact that I don't really know much about wine, and when I go to a liquor store, I tend to gravitate towards the same wine I've always had instead of trying something new. But with Weinster, they make the process so easy. That's exactly right, Allie. And from my perspective, you guys, I love wine and have tried so many different types of wine at different price points. And Weinster is not only easy, but it is quite literally some of the best wine I've ever tasted, and it makes for an amazing gift. What's also ideal about Weinster is that you can pick your shipments based on your schedule. That's right, Allie. So whether you're a casual drinker or you love hosting parties, you can get your shipment based on your lifestyle. So head to their website today, you guys. That's W-I-N-E-S-T-Y-R, Weinster.com. We've got BSN25 promo code for you, and you can save $25 off your first order. All right. Time to get into football talk and not football talk like here's what to expect from 
this based on whatever conversations we're having, but actual deep football theory, because this is all stuff that if you know it, it is going to make Saturday so much more fun to watch because I'm not sure. Are, are we in like a hate air force phase? I don't, it's, I, I'm not catching a vibe like Nebraska where it's, you know, F you guys, blah, blah, blah. So I really hope that when you do watch the game on Saturday, you can appreciate what Air Force is doing because it really is special and it's something that you don't get to see much of anymore. And it's sad because this really is a fun offense to watch. It's also going to be really frustrating because of the way they play, but I value the art in it and Saturday can be an incredible opportunity because, you know, Colorado doesn't play these teams very often, these triple option teams. I, I, I'm going to look back at some point and see when the last time they did was, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's been something like five, 10 years since they've played a triple option offense team. And you guys are honestly missing out because watching the Grizzlies play Cal Poly every year, like sure it sucks, but it's just art. It's just classic football chess match. We're throwing more guys over here to block than you have defenders and there's nothing you can do about it. And it's just trusting the quarterback to make one or two good decisions. And then things get complicated from there. Um, so let's, uh, let's get into it. The basic concept behind the triple option offense is that they're just trying to pick up four yards, five yards, three yards on every single play, grind their way down the field and eventually that winds up making a touchdown if you do it long enough. That's the theory. They aren't looking for the big chunk plays, but those are something that kind of come out of this offense just because of the way they run it. Because there is so many, there's so much opportunity for the defense to blow an assignment and leave a running lane wide open. And those are the highlights you see out of this offense. Um, so the basic lineup basic formation you have receivers split very wide outside one on each side of the line of your offensive line uh you have the fullback lined up behind the quarterback who is under under center and they have two slot backs basically two speed guys who are lined up in, in h-back spots basically you know kind of where a tight end would be but then they take one or two steps back off the line of scrimmage and a half step inside and there's your formation. So you kind of have the three backs behind the quarterback, almost in a triangle around him. And then you have the receivers outside, one on each side. And they will vary this, but this is the base. Everything else is just a counter to what the defense does to stop what you're doing in this formation. From there, they're really, call it three plays. There's the dive play where the fullback charges into one of the a gaps and the the quarterback either hands him the ball or runs an option out to the other side with one of the slot backs going in motion right before and kind of swinging around behind him to to get wide and the way that th that works so there's that there's the inside beer which is basically instead of into an a gap into a b gap so instead of trying to hit between the center and guard you're hitting between the guard and tackle and for those plays there's really there there are two keys that the quarterback is reading first can uh 
you leave first you leave like the defensive end unblocked and that will be you know Mustafa Johnson or Alex Changham most likely if he crashes in to tackle the fullback then the quarterback keeps the ball if he stays wide to stop the quarterback then the quarterback hands the ball off to the fullback who runs forward for whatever four yards uh if the quarterback does keep the ball because the defensive end collapsed, then the next read is the outside linebacker. And depending on how the Buffs decide to defend this, it'll be Carson Wells. Uh, it could be uh, Davion Taylor, who's responsible for either playing the quarterback or playing the slot back. So if he crashes down on the quarterback, the quarterback pitches it. Um if he sticks with the slot back, the quarterback keeps it. So that's how triple option works. It's letting the quarterback make these two decisions. And since you're leaving two players unblocked, that means everybody on that side of the line of scrimmage is going downfield to block somebody. So once you get past this first line, you have blockers downfield, and that's where you make an advantage. The biggest misconception about the Air Force offense, the triple option offense, is that you're trying to get the ball outside. You're really not. If if Air Force, if everything happened how Air Force wanted it, they'd hand the ball off to the fullback every single play and just pick up those five yards. You know, get two yards, uh, hit somebody head on, and fall forward for two or three more. That's what they want to do. They want to stress the inside of your defense. From there, if, if you're over... Uh, compensating for how they're beating you inside, that's when they start to go outside. So that's kind of the basic option. The, the third play that they really run a lot of is a rocket toss is what they call it. So it's the same motion with, uh, if you call it the left slot back, going in motion before the play, cutting back behind the quarterback, then the fullback runs to the left. Uh, so the quarterback opens left, turns around, hits the slot back for a toss, and they're already blockers downfield because you're not blocking anybody in the middle. It's just beautiful stuff. And it's all just counters to what the defense does to stop you. So those are really the three plays, and then things get weird from there. Maybe you throw a receiver in motion. Maybe you line up unbalanced. You know, if, if a safety's crashing down to play the run, then you're throwing the ball behind him off a of play action. So generally, your safeties. Uh, their job is to be in man coverage against the slot backs because the slot backs, whichever one isn't getting the ball, is going downfield to block one of the two safeties. So if the safety gets in the habit of trying to get past that block so they can go make a play on the run, the coaches on the sideline are looking for that so that they'll say, okay, fake like you're blocking and then just go in behind them. There's nobody behind the safety. Let's run play action hit the slot back deep as a receiver. And then all of a sudden he's gone for a touchdown. So the safety can't get too caught up in trying to get by this guy and get into the backfield and blow up the option. He has to, he has to play his responsibility first and then swarm to the ball. And it's decisions like that for every single player on this defense. You know, the safety has that responsibility. The linebacker, is he, er, Nate Landman, is he going to cheat inside to stop the fullback and leave things open outside? Or is he going to follow his responsibilities, go through his reads, and go outside when he's supposed to go outside, inside supposed to be inside? It's this patience on every single play because 
if you screw it up once, they're gone. And that's how offense is built, to go for three or four yards or go for 60 yards. It's incredible to watch. It really is incredible to watch. And it just takes so much discipline. Uh, Andre Simone was actually talking to Troy Calhoun, Air Force's coach, uh, a couple weeks ago. And, you know, we've been hearing that the Buffs have been practicing. Their defense has been getting ready to play Air Force uh, since spring. They've had packages. I don't know whether it's been one day a week, one day every other week, more than that, a session every practice, whatever it is. This is a game that they've been focused on because it takes a lot and it takes everybody following their responsibilities. And it's tough to get into that mindset with only one week of practice. So they've been doing it for a while now, which is common. This is how most teams who play a triple option team will approach it. They'll have months and months of practice before you get into game week because it is tough to learn. And it's tough to simulate in practice too. It's tough. I mean, a lot of teams will throw a cornerback in at quarterback just because that's that's the only way you can simulate the speed. But even then, getting him to understand the decision-making, getting these linemen to practice throwing the cut blocks because there's so many of those. That's what they're taught to do. That's what they're good at. So they go up and they cut the guys in front of them and it just gets everybody on the ground, opens up more running lanes. Uh, getting receivers who are six foot three, whose job it is just to block, except for the eight times a game that the offense throws a pass. You know, simulating all these personnel, teaching them how to do their job correctly, that takes a lot of time. That's another reason you can't just implement this all in the week leading up to the game. It's also why Mel Tucker probably isn't happy that Air Force is on the schedule this year. Um, so we've heard that they've been working on this for a while. But, like I said a while ago, Andre was talking to Troy Calhoun a couple weeks ago, and he said that Air Force has actually been studying the Mel Tucker defense since the end of June. So they've been doing the exact same thing just because Mel Tucker's defense is so strange, so tough to read because there's so much to it. Um, and it's interesting. And it'll be fun to see what they come up with and what counters they try to find. You know, I'm sure they were going back and looking at the Georgia Tech tapes because Georgia Tech runs that triple option. It's going to be a blast. And it's going to be a couple of really smart football people adjusting. Kind of like we thought this Nebraska game would be until Scott Frost just let that team fall apart. But it's it's just a blast. Because Troy Calhoun is going to be standing on the sideline uh, looking for who on that defense is blowing their responsibility. Who's cheating inside, cheating outside. Because this their offense is built to run those three plays until they see the defense cheating somehow and then calling them out for cheating. And, and you don't know they're doing it until after they've already beaten you. You don't know what they're seeing from this defense until they've already thrown the ball deep down behind you because the safety cheated up to play the run when he wasn't supposed to. He thought the receiver was charging him to block when really the receiver was running a route. It's those types of decisions all over this defense that they have to get right literally every single time. They have to be so disciplined. And you can't blitz the triple option offense. You can't just charge up the middle. Otherwise, they'll just run outside of you. They have a counter to that. 
They have reads for that. They're making decisions on the fly. And so if you do that, then all of a sudden they're just free to go downfield like they want to. You have to sit back. You have to be patient. You have to wait until they make their decision, until you're sure you know who's getting the ball, and then swarm to the ball. Because if you're a half second early, they beat you. It's going to be incredible to watch. I'm obviously super excited. This is what I live for is seeing seeing cool offenses like this. I think I mean I'm sure I'm going to nerd out like this before the Buffs play Washington State too. But I think if there are two things that you need to take away going into this week, uh the first is that the Buffs don't have a talent advantage. They have they have some talented players for sure. And maybe when their offense is on the field and the Air Force defense is on the field, sure. They have a talent advantage there because they get to dictate how the game goes. But when their defense is on the field and Air Force is on the field, honestly, Air Force might have the talent advantage just because they're dictating what every player on the field is doing, all 22. And they're going to be playing to their own strengths. And like I was saying earlier, their fullback doesn't need to be versatile. You know, maybe he does catch a pass at some point, but that isn't what they're trying to do. And if he's catching a pass, it's because it's super easy. It's because... Calhoun has been standing on the sideline realizing that they're just playing these outsides or who knows maybe it's because Terrence Lang is crashing down to stop the run but he isn't actually bringing down the fullback he's just going there to stop them from giving the ball to the fullback and then chasing the play back outside as an extra tackler and if Troy Calhoun sees that then all of a sudden he's running a play action where everything is the exact same until the point where the quarterback tries to pitch the ball when the fullback who was not tackled like he should have been is just standing wide open three yards downfield and the defense totally forgot about him because nobody brought him to the ground he's still there to catch a pass and be wide open to run downfield that's what this offense lives off of it's something else it's (laughs) it's incredible but uh they don't have a talent disadvantage because they have very specialized players who are very good at the one singular thing that they are asked to do. They have a talent advantage. They they know how to use those players in a way that makes them... I mean, they'd be... If they're a three-star recruit to every team in the country, then they're a five-star recruit to Air Force because they are very good at one thing. Imagine if somehow in the NFL there was a way for LaVisca Chenault to only be catching jump balls if that was the only requirement for somebody in his position he'd be the best player in the league he's unstoppable doing that one thing that's what the air force offense is built to do put players in whatever position is their best doing the one thing that they are best at and then just running tiny little counters off of it to get those big chunk plays when the defense is doing something dumb uh, we have some questions and we're going to get to those in the final segment. Um, and I think we're going to be going back to some Nebraska talk, which is why I really focused on no Nebraska talk and just talking about how much fun watching air force is going to be, uh, in the first two segments. Again, like I said, there's going to be a film room on all of this, showing you what it looks like, what all these different motions look like, what their counters look like, uh, all this sort of stuff that's going to be dropping, probably tomorrow i have everything like lined up and stuff it's just finding the exact clips that show it maybe in the first game of the season air force just 
like first 10 plays was showing everything I was talking about and we can just put it together quickly. Probably not though. Uh, so be on the lookout for that. And before we jump into some questions, uh, I'm excited to tell you about some game changing coffee. Strava Craft is the CBD enriched coffee that has really changed lives. The reviews are incredible, so check them out. This CBD infused coffee has taken away long term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS. It has helped decrease anxiety, you name it. CBD is all natural and not psychoactive. The coffee is rich and tasty, and we couldn't recommend it more to our listeners. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use code BSN2019 at checkout, and you'll get it shipped straight to your door. So I just realized that I said there were two things to take away, and I only told you one of them because I got too excited about it. But the second thing to really take away is that this isn't a defense or an offense that attacks your edges. It attacks your middle. You're going to see the fullback get 20, 25, I mean 30 carries just going straight up the middle if it's open. If Jalen Sammy can't hold down that middle spot, if Nate Lamon can't get past the chop blocks, uh, or even if he's getting double teamed, there are a lot of double teams in this. That's what they want to do is just pound it up the middle. They only go to the outside when they can't get it up the middle as a very last resort. And that's why it's so hard to defend the outside because you aren't just looking at the outside. You're looking inward, and then all of a sudden the play's coming at you and you have to do something about it. Let me just say, though, Davion Taylor played an incredible game last week, and I think that he will do the same this week because he's going to be the guy who's very uh, much responsible for stopping these plays, at least to his side of the field. Okay, on to the comments. We got quite a few comments uh, because the Buffs beat Nebraska in overtime and the fans charged the field, and that had to feel so good to beat Nebraska again. Uh, first one comes in from FL Buff. I'm going to guess Florida Buff, maybe. I don't know. But uh, he or she says, that was an amazing game, and I'm so glad that was your first Folsom experience. Do you think the second half defense will show up against Air Force? At some point, we won't be able to come back from these slow starts. I do. I do. Because everything I just told you is stuff that Mel Tucker would look at and just like giggle and say like, wow, this kid does not know a tenth of what's happening with this Air Force offense. And that's what makes it so tough is that, like I was saying earlier, Bobby Houck said there are only a handful of guys who understand it and I'm not one of them. It is so deep and all of the counters and all the different concepts. There are three plays and a million counters off of those plays. And they're all so weird. You know, Air Force has started playing it from the shotgun, which is new and interesting and a totally different look than anything that we've ever seen before. So they'll run the option right, but then just throw the shovel pass up the middle because the defense is overcommitting to the right. Then all of a sudden, the second slot back's just gone up the middle. Interesting, though, uh, the reason they did that is because they're one of the very few triple option teams that's in a conference. And so you look at teams like Army or Navy or the other military schools, and uh, they are independent, and so that means they get to just play non-conference games all year. They get to pick their opponent and say, we're playing you twice in this six-year period, and we won't play again for 30 years or something. They just rotate through all these different teams who've never seen them before. Uh, Air Force, on the other hand, plays in the Mountain West, and so that means they do see these teams over and over again, and 
so they get used to playing the triple option offense. They started throwing the uh, throwing the shotgun look into it just to catch him off guard, just to give him something they haven't seen before. There's some creativity more in the Air Force offense than in many of the other triple option offenses for that exact reason. The base concept, if you've never played it before, you're not going to be able to stop it. You're just not going to be able to because it's such a strange thing. But when you've seen it a couple times, then it becomes a little more easier, a little bit more of a balanced game, so you have to keep them off guard. Uh, do you th- I, How was that related to the question? No idea. Uh, do you think the second half defense will show up against Air Force? Yes. Like, oh, I remember how I got there. Because Mel Tucker knows way more about this than I do and has so many more ideas. They're going to be throwing some weird stuff at it, and he knows how to communicate to his defense what I'm saying much better, which is that you can't take a single playoff. You need to be ready to go. You need to be out there. This isn't like Nebraska where you can come out and look almost a little bit scared in the first half. You have to be patient. You have to be focused. You have to swarm to the ball when you know that the play is going where you think it's going. And those are just like the the hallmarks of a Mel Tucker defense, that they play smart, not angry, you know, and that's good. And so I really do think that the second half defense will show up. I think that as excited as I am to see this defense or to see this offense, they're going to be even more excited because they haven't gotten to play it. It's, it's fun. They want to prove a point and say, we can shut them down. You want to run on us? Like Mel Tucker has said over and over, good defense start by stopping the run. You know, take that away. Put, make them put the ball in the air and give your playmakers a chance. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, he also said at some point we won't be able to come back from these slow starts. So true. And I really think Air Force is one of those games because they are going to be so level, so consistent from the first snap to the last It's not going to be like Nebraska where they shut down halfway through. Um, Yeah, they got to figure out early. Um, Silver buff. It seems the offense changed to a more spread, speed-based plan in the second half. They decided to use the weapons they have that makes you a fourth-ranked S&P Plus and 117th in defense. Yeah, I agree. You know, I still haven't had a real chance to go back and watch this game again in a very focused way. Uh, watch it live, of course, and I would agree. I watched the replay last night, but was also working on some other things, and so didn't get to, like, totally tune in. I have it on right now again, for example. Uh, we're at, uh, we're at uh, Colorado's first scoring drive, and it's, you know, the point is, I've watched it a couple times again, but I haven't been able to sit down and really focus on every single play. That's something I hope to knock out tonight after the Bronco game, maybe. I'm not really sure. But uh, I would agree. I would agree that they did spread things out. But early on, they were also very spread out. Um, they were trying to jam it down the middle a little bit. The difference in the second half being that Montez was looking to the second level to complete those passes. He wasn't just taking the easiest option he was taking the best option in the second half if if there was a if there was a 90 percent chance of completing a five yard route and a 70 percent chance of completing a 15 yard route he was taking that 90 percent every single time in the first half and in the second half he was taking the 70 percent and that's what you need to see because you have playmakers downfield 
pick up those chunk plays. Uh, don't just rely on these little check downs and hope that you can get all the way down the field. Uh, only Air Force can do that. Um, yep, they did use the weapons better because that's why you have those guys. Anybody, any receivers can get open underneath. You know, that's one of the biggest knocks on what USC is trying to do with this air raid offense that really does focus on short passes. You know, there there is some downfield stuff, but what you're really trying to do is get everybody open underneath, get them the ball, let them make a play, or uh, just keep the offense on schedule. And it wastes your receivers putting them in air raid offense instead of taking your one-on-one shots, you know. One of my biggest complaints of that game yesterday is, or not yesterday anymore, Saturday, was that LaVisca Chenault would be lined up in one-on-one man coverage outside with the safety in the middle of the field, no chance of helping out. And it didn't matter. You, Steven never had LaVisca go deep, just throw one up, take a shot. That's how you use that talent. They did better in the second half. I even think they could open it up just a little bit more, but they did look much better in the second half. I would have to agree. Um, yeah, NYTJ Buff fan says it was great to hear the little addition to the pod at the end. The lady sports are off to an incredible sp- start, and it would be great to continue to celebrate and talk them up. Those wins over the weekend versus ranked teams across the board were great for CU sports in the aggregate. Please keep up the coverage and commentary of those secondary sports as well. Uh, yeah, we are really going to be uh, focused on non football and basketball sports. Because I've been happy to hear that people are interested in that stuff, like they should be. You know, I've, I've plugged the soccer team so much because they are so much fun. I'm not sure if you guys have seen the clip of J.J. Tompkins' game-saving uh, save against Baylor on Sunday, but it was something else. She, she's five foot five, but got up into the top corner of the goal against... Uh, it, it was incredible. Let's just say it was incredible because I've been talking a lot. Um... That Rue Yarnell-Williams, the freshman, they just moved from midfield to striker. She already has three goals in six games. What? I think the Buffs have scored 11 goals total now, if I'm counting right. She's on her way to being something pretty special. I've talked a lot about Taylor Korniak because she's a freak, and in my mind, she has a very, very good shot of being on the next uh, Women's World Cup team. Yeah, it's... uh, it's an exciting time out there. And then the volleyball team, out of nowhere, they've give, they've lost one set all season. Uh, you know, you play the best of five. They're 5-0, and oh, I think, against two ranked opponents. Uh, yeah, it's against two ranked opponents. They're, they've won 15 sets, dropped one. They're in Fort Collins on Thursday. I think Fort Collins was like the eighth team out of the rankings. And... Colorado was the sixth team out. So they play in Fort Collins Thursday, in Boulder Friday. Those two teams, those are going to be such huge matches. And if Colorado keeps it up, I mean, I already think, I don't know when the rankings come out for volleyball, but it's got to be here pretty soon. They're going to be top 20, in, I, I would guess. Same thing with Buff Soccer. I think those rankings come out tomorrow, Tuesday. They could take a big jump as well. What's going on in fall sports at CU is pretty pretty special and of course what the football team is doing is impressive that's one of their best wins in a while beating nebraska but they aren't alone in what's going on you know you see lavisca chenault katie nixon are at pretty much all of those soccer games uh volleyball games to they haven't had a home game that i've been able to get to yet 
hopefully Friday. Uh, yeah, such cool stuff. I think the golf team won the Air Force Invitational Golf Tournament yesterday. It's a good time to be a Buffs fan. Fall sports are undefeated. Don't just support the football team. Get out and watch the other stuff. And we, we have like a weekly roundup that uh, Ben Girding is doing for us. Ben is a student at the University of Colorado, and he's going to start helping out with BSM Buffs, which we are super excited about. Uh, I think we dropped his first uh, Buffs roundup last week. There's going to be another one coming out in the next couple of days. Basically, what's going on uh, in each of the fall sports and what to expect in the next week. So that's an easy way to just make sure you're all caught up in the zone, figuring it out. And we'll get some longer stuff coming too. Uh, had a chance to talk with Danny Sanchez, the soccer coach, uh, last week, and he made me even more excited. Uh, he's talking up the girls. Uh, it's an awesome time to be a buff. That's all I'm going to say. Uh, Sunny Rain, I don't know what goes on with this team in the first half, but they have to fix it ASAP. I kind of feel like Montez is the key. If he comes out and plays scared or nervous, which is what it looks like to me, then it's going to be a half where he holds to the ball too long, uh, focuses on the pass rush, and misses opportunities to make plays through the air. The defense, I don't understand what happens with them in the first half. It's like sleepwalking. Guys were literally running in circles to find the ball. Having said that, it's equally incredible what, <laughs> what takes place in the second half. I would love to know what Coach Tucker is saying to these guys that they play so differently the rest of the game. Good thing, though, I was a wreck down 17. It's going to be an interesting season. Thanks, Henry. Yeah, they they are having... Uh, could you imagine if they had played in, like they did in the second half of that entire game? You know, what are they... Now they're ranked... I think they're 32nd in the AP poll if you extend it out past the top 25 and 37th in the coaches poll. They're... They're almost playing up to that level. They just can't do it for the whole game. If they were to come out and play the first halves like they do the second halves then I would be saying, you know, this might be a top 20 team, a top 25 team. But right now, seeing 32nd, I'm like, eh, have they, have they really earned that? Um, I'm not sure. But what matters is they're getting the wins. There's still a lot of room to grow. And honestly, that's a good thing. It's, it's better to see them winning by three points in overtime and being able to say, hey, they were garbage in the first half. So if they get that cleaned up, they're going to be very, very good. Instead of saying, you know, that was the peak. So hopefully we can look at it in a little bit more positive light. But something needs to change. They've got to come out hot. And they've really got to come out hot against Air Force. Otherwise, that's how that game becomes a loss that people nationally aren't going to like. Uh, so, oh, one more thing that you said. Uh, I would love to know what Coach Tucker is saying to these guys that they play so differently the rest of the game. After the game, uh, somebody said, I think it was Mustafa said, like he, I think it was him who got asked, uh, what, what did Coach Tucker say at halftime? And apparently what Mel said was, uh, these guys have, uh, they've given us their best shot, but we haven't even scratched the surface. You know, and... Uh, Steven Montez was talking about how everybody just kind of relaxed and got focused. It almost sounded like there were some jitters in the first half. Um, so yeah, I, I really like that from Mel, you know, saying you guys played like garbage and we're still in this. Nebraska's shown us everything they have 
if they can beat us by 17 in the first half, then we can beat them by 17 in the second half to tie it up. And they did. Um, it'd be awesome to actually get in there and see what exactly was said and how it was said. Maybe there's a video on YouTube somewhere or like from Twitter, sometimes Buffs f football account, I can't remember what they call it, uh, tweets that stuff out, but I haven't seen anything. Um, so yeah, uh, last comment from bbector22, who uh, I believe he runs the, uh, what is it? It's the young alumni of Boulder. I'm screwing up the name. Maybe he puts it in here. But uh, we're going to throw his plug in there. Um, he said, Unreal game on Saturday. Shame on you if you missed it because you sold your ticket to a corn humper. Love that. Uh, we'll remember that game for forever. Uh, he says, Quick little plug for the young alumni fans of Colorado Athletics. Calling all Buffs fans age 22 to 30. The Buff Club is the fundraising arm of the CU Athletics Department, providing student-athletes the resources to succeed on the field, in the classroom, and in life after CU. Recently, the Buff Club has launched the Young Alumni Referral Program initiative in order to get recent graduates age 22 to 30 more involved. For a discount membership of, 20, of $50, uh, which is half off, young alums and fans receive full Buff Club membership. The benefits of the Buff Club include annual Buff Club gift, priority point act, accumulation <laughs> whoops uh, for tickets and seats pre-sale ticket offers game day tailgates and invitations to exclusive membership events most importantly all of the yarp donations eh, I'll give that i'll give that acronym like a b plus yarp b b minus young alumni referral program it's all right uh donations will go directly to supporting the best mascot in college athletics ralphie you will receive the discounted price every year you're in the 22 to 30 age range if you're interested in becoming a buff club member and want to support the best mascot in all of college sports contact casey gibson that's uh casey if you want the contact info it's in the post on bsendeavor.com don't have to be a subscriber to see the comments i don't think if you are then let me know tell me referred by ben Bechter, our guy uh, go Buffs and let's support the best mascot in all of college athletics. Uh, you can also email Ben. His email's in there. Um, yeah. So reach out to him if you want to help support the Buffs. I think that I'm allowed to say that that's a pretty cool thing for you to do because Ralphie deserves it. I think I, I mentioned yesterday that I got to see Ralphie really up close, just like right on the other side of the slat where her eye hangs out. And boy, is that a terrifying eye. And the rest of her, too. But I think that's pretty much all we have for today. Uh, watching watching Air Force is a football fan's dream. It's so cool. And hopefully you guys get to enjoy it because the buffs are up by a couple touchdowns. And you can see just how magic this offense is and how they isolate every single player on the defense and let him make a mistake. Because if he makes a mistake, then all of a sudden, that's a touchdown play. Uh, we'll be talking a lot more about Air Force. I think we're going to have a couple guests on this week. Uh, yeah, I'm going to try to get through this uh, Colorado-Nebraska game with some focus tonight and see if there's anything I missed in that game. We'll see how that goes because the Broncos are playing and because also I do the draft pod with Andre, which was which has been a blast, but at the same time, I'm at a football game from like 10 to 10, so I don't get to see what's actually happening in college football. So I really do need to go back and watch a couple of the games from Saturday. So I have some takes for that podcast. It's a wild time. 
It's a wild time, but I'm glad that you guys are here with me because the Buffs are 2-0. Buffs Fall Sports are 13-0 plus a golf tournament win. Count that how you want. It's awesome. It's an awesome time. Check out all the sports you can. Don't sell your tickets to Husker fans. Uh, and I'll be back tomorrow to talk more Buffs. Uh, bye. I think they like my Colorado And see you later, baby. baby. Colorado Army with soldiers like the Navy. Yeah. And boat is where we station, patiently awaiting. Oh. When I hit the field, it's so hard to behave. Yeah. I'm Colorado swagging as the crowd do the wave. Look into my eyes, I can tell that you afraid. Uh-huh. Cause you know we finna hit ya. Hit ya. Hit ya. Hit ya. Hey. Hey. You on your own now, why you watching the official? Yeah. You just better hope you make it to the next whistle. Yeah. And we ain't playing with you, you can get